This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. You know. What's going on, Raider Nation? Rolling in hot to episode 28, and we got organized team activities going on this week, so we got some good stuff, got some action, got the players back on the field. But first off, I'd like to announce that Chris Wysong has decided to step down from the podcast to focus on writing and video breakdowns. I wish him nothing but the best, but Chris, to you, man, thank you for all the time and effort that you put into preparing and everything it took to come on the podcast every single week. I can't thank you enough, and you'll be missed. But as we all know, the show must we have a big show for you guys this week. We plan on a fantasy football episode this week with uh, Tommy from the 2-on-1 podcast. But given I'm missing next week, I took a shot at getting a couple players on the show. Um, I'm pushing Tommy back for all you fantasy football guys that were looking to hear the, the rosters. You're going to have to wait another couple weeks. Uh, a little bit of priorities here. Um, took a shot at a couple uh, Raiders players. And boom, doubleheader. We got Jason Cabinda, that's who we'll be talking to first. Um, and then we're going to go ahead and give our fourth round draft pick, Max Crosby, a call. Uh, so we got a couple great guests, great show, OTAs firing up. Uh, hope you guys stay tuned. And like I said, next week, uh, there won't be an episode as I'm going out of town on a family vacation. So I hope this one is packed just enough with enough content to hold you guys over another week. Now, let's get this thing rolling. I got some announcements for you guys. The Raiders have officially announced all additions and promotions on player personnel staff. It's a long list, so gear up. They hired Jim Abrams from the Cowboys as Director of College Scouting, Dwayne Joseph from the Eagles as Director of Pro Personnel, Dewan Daniels from the Patriots as Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Walter Eula from the Cowboys as Senior Advisor to the General Manager, Jack Gilmore, actually from the Senior Bowl, as Scouting Coordinator, John Hill from the Eagles as a Pro Scout, and Adam Maxey as Pro Scouting Assistant. Also, Mike Mayock promoted Tom Delaney to Senior Vice President, David Kristoff to Director of Football Analytics, Teddy Atlas to Assistant Director of College Scouting, and Trey Scott to Assistant Director of Player Personnel. I'm sure you guys have heard most of these already, but they are now official. OTAs have started. Tuesday, the Raiders open up their doors for 10 total days of these things. There won't be any live contact, but you'll see a bunch of 7-on-7, 9-on-7, and 11-on-11 drills. On Wednesday, the Raiders signed former Colts and Saints tight end Eric Swoop. And then in a corresponding move, the Raiders released quarterback Landry Jones, keeping the roster number at 90. The Raiders' Week 3 preseason game 
looks like we'll be playing the Green Bay Packers in Winnipeg, Canada. No official announcement yet, but for Canadian Raider Nation, that's what you should expect. Like I said, guys, I'm going out of town next week, so I packed a bunch of content to this one. I don't waste any time. Let's go ahead and get our first guest on the phone, Jason Cabinda. See what he has to say. So joining me now, I got special guest Jason Cabinda, our second-year middle linebacker from Penn State. And in case you didn't know, man, uh, you're on the hottest new Raiders fan podcast right now. And I'm happy to say you're the first Raiders player I've had as a guest. How are you doing, Jason? Oh, that's cool, bro. I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know uh, I know things are busy right now, but I really wanted to first start off and ask you about your relationship with football. You know, I know your, your childhood had some growing pains, and I noticed you like to say that football saved you. Jason, how exactly did football save you? Uh, good question, man. I said for me, I mean, football has been such an integral part of my life. Um, I think at the time, uh, you know, my parents splitting up and them going through a divorce, and my dad moving away it was kind of a lot for me when I was a kid. My dad really meant everything. Um, so, like, that was, like, second grade. And then fifth grade, he had left. And at that point, you know, in school, my grades were starting to drop. I was starting to kind of getting fights at school and stuff. And <laughs> my mom one day, actually, one of my, you know, really good friends, their moms, they work out together at the YMCA. And my friend had just gotten enrolled in football, so my mom had, was asking about it and stuff. Yeah. Literally, a, a couple weeks later, I was there, too, um, you know, enrolled in football. And I think um, I really, it, it's really been my escape. You know, it's been kind of everything to me. You know, when I want to get things off my mind, I work out, you know, I do something football related. So I know, I feel like through what I've been through, you know, football was the way I coped with everything. It's kind of gotten me through life and it's obviously got me to have so many amazing opportunities, you know, such as being able to attend you know, Penn State University, meeting so many people. Um, so, I mean, it's been the most influential thing, you know, in my life besides my mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good stuff to hear, man. And obviously it paid off, you know, you end up at Penn State, like you said, linebacker you and uh, you almost red shirted as a freshman but you earned that role you played like five games that year and then I noticed man those next three years that you had at Penn State were just absolutely monster uh, do you think that that prepared you for last year because you obviously worked hard and you earned those reps last year as well yeah you know it's, it's kind of crazy being put in the same situation I was in you know at, at Penn State you know my freshman year when I came in it was basically all right you know we're gonna try to red shirt you but, you know, something were to happen, you continue, you know, playing well. Just They just told me, you know, we want you to prepare every game like you're the starter because at any moment, you know, something could happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I really did that. Um, not getting a lot of rest in practice, but I was always, like, behind with coach, asking questions, matching the footwork of the starter who's in front of me, Mike Hall, uh, you know, and Brandon Bell, Nine Warman, and those guys and learning from them, um, I think. It, it, I had the exact same situation being on practice squad here just in the, in the sense that I had to, you know, earn it. You know, I had to earn my way on. Uh, and, you know, not making the 53, you know, that was definitely really humbling. And I think I just took my work ethic. I took everything, you know, I had sacrificed for up until this point and kind of just notched it up to another level. You know, I was coming in, you know, with a chip on my shoulder, as I did, just not being undrafted in general. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of just went to a whole other level there. Um, and, you know, obviously being able to have the opportunity to play and when I got activated, I mean, that – 
that meant the world to me and just, you know, makes me want to work harder. That's inspiring, man. That's inspiring for sure. And I remember last year having my eye on this Penn State linebacker because, you know, as soon as you hear Penn State and linebacker, you have your eye on them for sure. And I remember watching you in preseason, you're number 46. And then you threw a curveball. You threw a curveball, man. You all of a sudden you're number fifty three out there in the regular season. Are you are you gonna keep throwing those curveballs at us, Jason? What's going on, man? Uh, no, nah, I think I'm gonna be sticking with five three. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think you know one of our coaches kind of come up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I'll tell you what. The, the NFL, all the best NFL linebackers, man. They're winners, man. You, you know, you got you got really think about you know changing number to fifty number. And I thought about it for a while, and then and I didn't really have any uh special sentiment towards the number 46 and now we're 40 in college so that was kind of cool making the move to a 50 number sticking with it yeah makes sense looks a little bit better on you i'm glad you listened to that coach man but uh now we got this year man otas they're starting back up um obviously being your first full off season with a team are you ready man are you amped up i'm amped up i'm not even playing dude are you yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think we can feel the energy right now in practice and feel just the talent level and you know the kind of plays that are being made at practice i can i can just tell you know we're we're not the same team as last year i mean it's obvious you know what we've done in free agency you know some of the players that we picked up yeah through free agency and through the draft so i'm just loving the vibe and the mojo that we got going on right now i mean we're just we're super excited for the season there we go. And uh, just like you said, got a lot of new, not a lot of new faces, a lot of new teammates, man. How are you liking those? Do you like those teammates? Like those new teammates you got in? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, seeing AB in the building and, you know, witnessing what he does, you know, on the field, yeah. um, on a daily basis, you know, it makes you realize, you know, why, you know, he's as good as he is. Um, and just, you know, just the vibe in general. I think, you know, last year, uh, I don't think the team was as close, and I just feel like the team is so much closer, you know, right now. Yeah. You no, know, I just I can feel the looseness at practice. You know, guys are getting to know each other. You know, it's the second year on a Gruden and stuff, so I just feel like everything's really just trending upwards. That's good stuff, man. I want to ask you one last thing too. How about a teammate you're going to be working really close with here? Former Bengals linebacker Vontez Perfect. Yeah. Man, that guy's an absolute dog. Are you <laughs> looking forward to working with that guy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, being that. Vontez, you know, played with Coach Jeffrey for, you know, quite some years over with the Bengals. Um, you know, I know he has he has a high knowledge of the system and, you know, how things work. So I think being able to work with him and learn from him and, you know, training with him, seeing, watching film with him so he can point stuff out, you know, that I don't see. That's the best way you really can get – it's another way you can get better at the game is just training your eyes. So, you know, being with him has, has been a, a cool opportunity. Yeah, I got yourself a good mentor set up there. And Jason, man, I could sit here all day and pick your brain about your teammates and what you're looking forward to. But I know you're a busy guy, so I want to thank you again for coming on. And do you have one last thing that you'd like to say to Raider Nation for this upcoming season? Man, just come. Just I think we're going to be a really talented team. We're going to play a, a really exciting uh, level of football this year. So just be ready for it. Go Raider Nation. There you go. Bring it week one, right? Bring the noise. Bring the noise week one. Absolutely. Hey, uh, you're the man, dude. I can't wait uh, to track all your achievements coming this way. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Uh, this coming season for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jason, thanks again for coming on. You have a good rest of your night, man. All right. You too, man. Have a good one. That was good stuff from Jason. I was really looking forward to this phone call, not only because it was the first Raiders player I've ever talked to, but just because he's such a standout guy. I've seen him on a few shows. Uh, really outgoing, really easy to talk to. So that was good stuff from Jason. And just because of that conversation, we were going to talk about cornerbacks this episode, or actually probably the whole secondary. But because we're talking to a linebacker, I figured we'd switch it up a little bit. We're going to talk about the linebackers this episode. And for the first time in a while, it seems that our linebacker room is pretty loaded. Uh, there's so much competition at this position. 
So when we first talked about linebackers, that was actually back in episode 10. Uh, it was the first group that we covered during the offseason. Definitely an exciting group. I loved a lot of the young talent that came out of the draft, but we actually didn't draft a linebacker this year. But go back to episode 10. We talked about Tier Whitehead, Markel Lee, Nicholas Morrow, Jason Cabinda, and Kyle Wilbur. Um, out of that group, Whitehead was obviously probably our most reliable option at the time, carrying over just a ton of veteran experience. But my favorite thing about this group was the guys on this roster from last year, we have a lot of young, good players in there. Lee, Morrow, and Cabinda, all great talents in their own respective ways, all still very young, all still developing. I really can't wait you know, to see what they turn into, but I think we just needed a little bit more veteran presence. So the first thing we did, we brought in Vontez Perfect, the soon-to-be 29-year-old linebacker from Cincinnati. Was a semi-controversial signing at the time, main reasons being his you know, high amount of personal foul penalties, uh, having that reputation of being a dirty player. Now, I myself enjoy the grit and tenacity of a tough player to set the tone. As Raiders, that should be what we want, right? Only thing I will agree with sometimes is he definitely takes it too far with chintzy things, you know, like twisting legs after the tackle is made. But nonetheless... He's a great player that is more familiar than anyone with Paul Gunther's defensive scheme. Um, as we just talked to Jason Cabinda about, he's obviously very excited to play with him, learn under him, and hopefully pick his brain as these two middle linebackers compete for a starting job. Uh, Perfect has his work cut out as well. We are already concerned with his ability to stay on the field, you know, given he's only played more than 10 games a season, maybe once in the last five years. Of course, the main injury concern of his is concussions. He suffered two last season, so that's adding up to seven total in his career. So that's something to keep track of, but no doubt with the experience he has in the system, uh, that actually gave Vontez 610 total tackles, eight and a half sacks, and 24 QB hits. Best believe he's out there to prove that he can still play. But Vontez wasn't the only vet we brought in. We then signed former Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall. Obviously has a little bit of a bad reputation with Raider Nation after calling out Raiders fans on Twitter uh, when we lost to the Texans in the wild card round in 2016. You know, come on, man. It was with our freaking third string quarterback. Take it easy. But pretty much just asking where we're at. I uh, claim that he is kind of just, I guess, waiting to troll us. Either way, water under the bridge now because he signed a one year deal. But the Las Vegas native is obviously looking to prove himself to earn another contract and travel with the team to his hometown. But the former Bronco has his fair share of success after being a fifth-round pick by the Jaguars, who kind of shined him after a year and cut him. He revitalized his career in Denver. And so far, every season that he's played more than 13 games, he's racked up more than 100 tackles. So just like Vontez, uh, Brandon will be proven he can stay on the field. Hey, and take all that stuff I was saying about him calling out Raider Nation. You can probably throw it out the window now, like I said, water under the bridge, because he's been repping the silver and black pretty well. I'll even, I'll even forgive him for coming out and saying black and silver at first, but... Brandon Marshall, I think, has a very good spot on this roster, no doubt. Starting caliber, easily. So, interested to see how it plays out for Brandon. And now, this is where the middle linebacker position gets interesting. Because just like Jason Cabinda, we have another undrafted free agent that could push for his spot. Tevin Coney, coming out of Notre Dame. We've talked about Coney before, after the draft, but I'm just going to go ahead and hit on him again real quick. Coney came into college as a top 15 player, but hit some off-field issues. After his freshman year, he was popped for a marijuana possession charge. Uh, he worked his way back from that issue, was Notre Dame's leading tackler in 2017, and was named third-team All-American in 2018. He's a very high-effort player. He uses you know, those last-ditch efforts, really sacrifices his body to make tackles that almost look impossible to make. I just still can't believe that this kid went undrafted. Was definitely a steal for us, but in a loaded inside linebacker room, Tevin Coney still, you know, 
has a lot to prove. And there's no, I don't think there's no stash in this guy on the practice squad. So uh, Tevin Coney has, has a lot of proving to do. And he's no doubt one of the main linebackers I'll be tracking this offseason. And then our last addition. We already talked to one Penn State linebacker. So let's go ahead and talk about the other, Koa Farmer. Farmer comes in as another undrafted free agent. And although he has plenty of veteran experience to work behind, he still has a ton to prove also just to make the 53. Farmer is a guy that I see as trying to stash on the practice squad and will be a kind of a wait and see player. Either way, there's a good chance we still see him in the regular season game given, you know, any other veteran's recent injury history. But if I'm going to look at this group as a whole, I see nothing but competition. I see Vontez and Jason Cabinda right there on each other's heels attacking for that starting middle linebacker position. But I could also see a wrench being thrown in Vontez's plans with Tevin Coney. If he can come in and he can prove that he's a role player, he's younger, he's cheaper, you never know. I think middle linebacker's in the air all the way from top to bottom. Then you'll see Tahir Whitehead in the same role as the weak side linebacker with Nicholas Morrow probably going to continue to rotate in as our gadget coverage linebacker. Um, then on the strong side, I see big, big competition. Brandon Marshall's coming in to prove himself, and Markel Lee also. From an overall player standpoint, I see Marshall winning the job, but I myself have been extra high on Markel Lee and would love for him to earn that spot. His energy on the field can be huge, and other than that, I think Koa Farmer and Kyle Wilbur uh, will be kind of competing for that special teams role. Linebacker is a fun one to watch this year, man, and I can't wait to see how the roster unfolds. Now let's keep this thing rolling. We've talked to Jason Cabinda already. We've covered the rest of the linebacker group. We're rolling fast. We're going to keep this thing moving. We also have now our second guest that I want to bring on, Mad Max Crosby. I'm super pumped on this guy. He's easily one of my favorite draft picks. If you follow me anywhere on Twitter, uh, you, you'll see Mad Max uh, footprints all over the place, man. Uh, super excited to get him on the phone. I kind of want to dig into his history a little bit. He's been super underrated, and I'm ready to see this guy just absolutely break out with that huge chip on his shoulder. Uh, so let's give Max a call, and let's see what he has to say. All right, so I got special guest with me, Mad Max Crosby, our fourth round draft pick coming out of Eastern Michigan. And before we get into it, Max, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Hey, and I love the name Max, so I'm going to go ahead and just apologize in advance if I, if I say it too much, man. <laughs> no, you're good, man. <laughs> cool. And here's the thing, dude. Here's why I wanted to talk to you. Um, I feel like you've been highly underrated your entire football career. And I kind of want to get to the bottom of it, man. Mind if we dig up some old archives? Oh, not at all. Let's do it. Cool. So turning back the clock, you're going to high school at Colleyville Heritage. Going into your senior year, your body decided to grow three inches taller on you, man. <laughs> and your new coaching staff started moving you around. Uh, can you walk me through the position changes that you were going through going into your senior year of high school? Yeah. So I, I have been playing middle linebacker my first three years. Um, so going into my last year, like you said, we got new coaches. and I had a big growth spurt, so, um, you know, I was about 6'5", and, um, you know, a lot bigger, around 245, and my coaches were like, obviously, we're not going to have you playing middle linebacker anymore, <laughs> um, so we're going to try you out at some D-end and some tight end, and I was like, I'm all for it, so they, they told me, they are just like, listen to us, um, you know, soak in all the coaching, and we're going to do everything we can to get you a, you know, a Division one scholarship, so... Um, you know, I did everything in my power to, you know, make that happen. And, you know, Eastern Michigan ended up being 
that team that offered me and the only team and you know it, it worked out um it worked out great that's what's up yeah i read a little bit into that too and i read a report also saying that you went into eastern michigan your freshman year and you shocked your coaches man you lost 40 pounds what was the reason behind that yeah so um i was i was all the way up to like 245 250 uh-huh. my senior year but it was just like kind of like baby fat from my growth spurt and i just kind of gained bad weight yeah 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 um so i didn't feel you know as as athletic as i you know wanted to be so um you know i started cutting weight and you know i was a basketball player my whole life so um i was always just running to lifetime playing basketball and i was just naturally cutting weight and i started noticing how you know how athletic you know i could be um and i never really felt that so um, you know, I, I kind of got carried away a little bit and I got a little too thin, but, um, honestly, looking back, I think it was the best thing I did just because I realized, um, you know, my athleticism and what I can do, um, with my body. No, that's good stuff. That's kind of the, it's kind of what I took from, it. I didn't dig too much into, uh, how you felt about it, but I could tell it seems like maybe you just got an early jump on really developing your body into something that, that you thought it could be, you know, kind of just getting that jump start. You knew what was going on. You're big. You're going into college. Let's just get it going now. Uh, get it over with your freshman year, man. Just bite the bullet, huh? Absolutely. Then you redshirt, man. You fresh your freshman year. Uh, you take on that one year challenge of development. You come out. You played all 13 games your sophomore year, and then you led the team in sacks your junior year. Um, how did you feel about those two seasons, Max? Do you think you were finally getting that recognition that you deserve through those? Um. Yeah. So that was that was the kind of funny thing about it was you know after my redshirt freshman year. Um, you know, I, I had played all 13 games, but I was playing a more of a backup role, um, and not getting as much third down type of stuff. So, um, that year, my coaches kept getting on me about gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. So from that freshman all the way up through my redshirt freshman year, I was just gaining a ton of weight, but it wasn't great weight again. Um, so, you know, I didn't feel great. So I would got up all the way to 270, Mm. um, at one point and they're like, okay, I was like, well, they didn't say anything. They were okay with it. I was playing all right, but I was like, I need to, you know, I need to do something and to get my body to where I need to be because I know that redshirt sophomore year, I'm going to be the starter. So, yeah. um, Pat O'Connor, that was his last year, the year before, and that offseason was super important. So, I dropped down to about 250, um, about 20 pounds, and I felt great. I was moving great. Um, you know, I felt really good. So, I went into that redshirt sophomore year. Um, as the starter and I was around 250 and ended the season around 245 just naturally losing a little weight during the season Um, but you know that was my you know my breakout year if you want to call it Um, and you know it was it was huge you know I felt um, like I just had to do what was right for me Um, you know even though it sounds like a little selfish but at the same time you know I had to do what's best you know for my future and I, I lost that weight and um, you know, I felt, I felt great. And, you know, I, I didn't disappoint. Um, and, you know, I was, I was super, you know, um, happy after that year. That's good stuff. You take pride in, in what you do. I can tell you care about your body and nobody knows your body more than you do. Um, and, and I'm glad you took initiative on that and took care of business. And as expected, man, you set yourself up for a monster senior season, earning first team, all mid American conference recognition after recording 70 tackles, 19 tackles for losses. You had seven and a half sacks and four forced fumbles. Dude, that's huge. I know you're a humble guy. I had to brag about you a little bit, but man, 
I mean, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that you left Eastern Michigan as a hero to those guys. <laughs> no, man. I just, you know, so me, um, you know, going into that, you know, my last season, you know, I just wanted to do everything I can to, you know, help out my team. And, you know, the biggest thing for me was being somebody the younger guys can come to. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in that position, I was 17 years old when I got to college and I was super nervous and wanted to, you know, and impress people and try to you know what I mean try to fit in and all that mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. for me I didn't know who to go to so um you know luckily I had guys like Andrew Wiley and Darius Jackson and Brogan Roback and all those type of guys and they 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 were super helpful um you know making me comfortable so when I I became you know a leader on my team I wanted to be the guy who can you know be super you know willing to help all the younger guys and you know I felt like that was that was my you know my main priority this past season was just being, you know, an outlet for all the younger guys, just helping them, you know, with everything, you know, they, they could possibly ask. So um, that was the, my biggest takeaway from the season was just helping the younger guys and giving back. Yeah, I love that answer. That obviously fits right in line with what John Gruden and Mike Mayock were doing this offseason and, and the type of rookies they wanted to bring in. Uh, but before I fast forward too far, uh, you get out of Eastern Michigan, and now you're focused on the draft. But more importantly, you're, you're focused on all these combine workouts, stuff that's kind of abnormal to what you football players do on a regular basis. How did your preparation go for that, and were you happy with how you performed at the combine? Um, yeah, you know, for sure. You know, I, 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 uh, I was, you know, I was blessed to get an opportunity to go train at, you know, the best facility um, for pre -com uh, pre combine prep in uh, in Arizona at EXO. I mean, you know, those guys have a, you know, great, um, you know, they have a great foundation there and, you know, I've heard nothing but good things. So um, my agent, you know, he, he thought it was a great idea for me to go out there and, um, you know, they, they prepped me for the combine in every way I could possibly imagine. And, you know, I feel like the combine went really well. Um, and, you know, after the combine, um, a lot, you know, I got a lot more buzz around my name and yeah. that's exactly what I was, uh, you know, expecting and wanting to do. Um, so, you know, being a guy from Eastern Michigan, a thin, you know, white DN, you don't really get a lot of hype <laughs> unless, you know, put up some eye, you know, some eye popping numbers and that type of stuff. So, you know, that was my, that was my plan. And, you know, I was, I was super happy with, uh, with how the combine went. There you go. So you got some buzz behind you and then draft weekend fires up. Um, and you kind of got to help me understand what an NFL prospect is thinking. Did you even care about what round you went in the draft? Um, you know, for me, like, obviously everybody, you know, expects to go higher than, you know, they actually end up going. Um, uh -huh. for me, you know, I feel like I had the numbers in the combine and the production. Um, but also, you know, I was, I was a little bit thinner. Um, you know, I was coming from a smaller school, so I, I understood I was going to have, you know, that kind of feedback and that kind of like, okay, maybe he's like a later round, mid round guy and stuff. So I just mm -hmm. try to do everything in my, you know, in my control and control everything I can control. You know, you, you can't go out and, you know, be a GM for yourself. So yeah. um, I just did everything in my power to put myself in the best position to get drafted. So, um, you know, once Oakland called, it was, it was literally, it was a dream come true. <laughs> so then, you know, when that fourth round started, I remember you saying, uh, you just told your dad maybe that morning that, 
watch the Raiders are going to draft me. Did you did you have like some sort of indication or, or a good feel uh, for Mayock or Gruden that this was going to happen, or or is this just kind of low key you wanted to be a Raider? What was going on with that, man? Um, you know, for it's kind of funny because like way back in the beginning of the process, like getting ready for the combine, um, my agent called me and he told me he was like. Coach Gruden and Mayock love you. Yeah. He's like, they absolutely freaking love you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was like, that's awesome, whatever. But, I, you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, every team, could, any team could say whatever, but they can change their mind. So, yeah. Um, you know, for me, I always had that in the back of my head. And, you know, I was expecting um, to go in the top 100. But um, after not going there, I knew Oakland had 106 and 109. So I was, I literally, I texted my agent the night before. I said, the Raiders need to pull the effing trigger and they need to take me. <laughs> and I texted my dad and my dad was like, Oakland has 106. I'm telling you. Well, I'm like, they're going to yeah. take me. And I literally, everyone around me, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, Oakland, Oakland, Oakland. I was like, for me, Oakland is, you know, rebuilding. They got Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams this off season. They need a pass rush. They got Cleveland yes. in the first round. I'm like, this would be a perfect spot for me. And I feel like Oakland just fits my personality. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, super laid back type of person off the field. But when it comes on the field, I'm, you know, I'm super animated. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like that was a perfect, you know, a perfect spot for me to, you know, be who I am, you know, on the field. So um, once I got that California uh, call, I knew, I knew it was the Raiders, and I was, I was just, I was just so happy and relieved. That's good stuff, man. I, I love the enthusiasm. I, I can tell it's all authentic here too, man. It's good stuff. Um, and you know what? Even for Raider Nation, everyone loves a good comeback story, right, man? You go from barely cracking the top 3,200 players coming out of high school, yeah. then you go to kind of pissing your coaches off with your weight loss and redshirting to transforming. Now you trans, you took it upon yourself. You transformed yourself into Mad Max Crosby, and now you're an Oakland Raider, man. So <laughs> tell me, what is next on the achievement list for you? Well, you know, it's it's kind of crazy just looking back. You know, like you said, like my whole you know, my story coming from, you know, coming out of high school, you know, not getting, not getting hardly any offers, literally one offer from Eastern. And that was the team and that was right for me. And I knew it was right for me and I was all in and I wanted to go there even before they offered me. So it was just funny how Oakland was right there. I had, I swear, I had a gut feeling that they were going to take me and, you know, they, they're, they're such a, such a cool organization and I love the coaches and, just everybody in the organization, you know, they've taken me in with such, you know, open arms and they're so excited for my future. And, yeah. you know, that's all, you know, as a player, that's all you want. You want somebody who, who really wants you there and you're going to do everything in your power to make those coaches, you know, their decision look, you know, great by taking me. And, you know, for me, I know, and I'm going to do everything in my power, you know, to make the fan base, um, you know, my family, my coaches, everybody, you know, proud and just you know be be a great Oakland Raider that's good stuff man that's good stuff you're giving me you're giving me the chill sitting here as a as a diehard fan (laughs) I love seeing I love seeing players like you coming in here man I got a last couple questions for you OTAs now you know you're locked in you're a Raider man OTAs are rolling in they're going hard this week uh you've been out there working out with your other players do you like your teammates so far absolutely (laughs) um you know I couldn't you know I couldn't ask for better you know leaders um you know Derek Carr is He's one of those guys that's like, 
you would never you would never know that guy is one of the richest guys in the NFL and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's like such a you know outgoing um, you know every he's always in the facility. He's eating you know eating lunch with all the rookies and um, he's just that type of guy. So having guys like him and Antonio Brown and um, you know all the all the older guys they've just they've been so cool um, and just so. Um, you know, just so willing to, you know, help us out and, you know, welcome, welcome us in and make us feel comfortable. So, you know, like, I can go on and on about players, but like, um, you know, it's, it's been so cool. Like all, all the guys are, you know, super, super excited and they want us to come in and help, help, you know, help the Raiders win games. So for us, we take that, you know, as rookies to, you know, as a challenge and as something that we're really going to, you know, come together and, you know, help us, help this team and city, you know, turn this whole thing around. There we go. So I think it's safe to say that uh, so far the NFL experience has been what you've expected and then some. But, Max, I kind of want to wrap this up here. And I was going to ask you if you had a message for Raider Nation, but I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to switch it up, man. I got a message from Raider Nation to you, and I want you to know that the NFL, it's a production league, right? Players, they earn their money and reputation, you know, from their production, of course. But I want you to know. As Raider fans, we love players that play with heart, players that go out and give it 100% for us fans, players that no matter the score or the record or the circumstances will go out and put on a show for us, players that love being Raiders, man. That's what it's all about, and I have confidence that you're that guy, Max, and that's why you're easily one of the players I'm most excited about. Max, this has been a, a great interview. You have a great story. You're a great guy, and I can't wait to see what you do this season, man. Thank you so much, man. I promise I won't disappoint. I'm going I'm to do everything I can to make y'all proud. Yeah. You're a busy guy. You got a lot of workouts to get to, so I'm going to let you go. You have a good rest of your night, man. I appreciate it, brother. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Yes, sir. Dang it, man. That interview did not disappoint me whatsoever. That was good stuff to hear from one of my favorite draft picks, Max. So what I take away from that whole conversation is I'm excited that he's actually wanting to come in here and he sees the need that we have for a pass rusher. And he knows, I mean, he's looking for an opportunity. He wants to break out and he wants to be that player. And you can already tell, you know, he just kind of wants to win football games at this point. So I'm looking forward to see him come in, earn that role. I've always kind of said from the get go, Arden Key has some stiff competition right now coming from Mad Max Crosby. So I'm looking to, I'm looking for him to step in. I wouldn't be surprised if he out snaps Arden Key by the end of the season. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the Raiders sack leader at the end of the year. So that's if you guys are wondering how high I am on Max Crosby, that's where I sit with him. So that was a great interview, Max, if you're, if you're tuning back in on how this went. Thank you, brother, again. But we're going to keep this show rolling. But now with the format of the show changing up quite a bit on us, you're going to see a, a big transition already probably a little bit this week, as you can tell. And you'll see another bigger one next week. We're going to start bringing in kind of like a rotation of contributors. You'll see guys like Scott Winter on here. You'll see, which you've heard him on here a couple times already. You'll see Chris Reed on here, who we just added um, as a film breakdown guy for the podcast. He'll come on every once in a while and break down some stuff, maybe talk about some articles that he's writing, or just come in and, and do his thing, man. He's, he's, a, he's a brilliant mind, and I look forward to hearing from him more. You'll even see I got a buddy of mine, Chris English, uh, writes with a ramble. He'll probably be coming on, too, and, and contributing in small pieces. And then we're also, we still have our boy Kenny King Jr. here. His role is only going to get bigger from here on out. Uh, and just like tonight, you're not only going to hear him on Real Talk. We're going to start bringing him in a little bit earlier. We're going to save some topics for Kenny. Um, and we're going to break some stuff down. The end of the show is going to just be a little bit more heavy loaded on the back end. 
So just like the rest of the show, we're going to keep this thing rolling and let's get Kenny in here. What's up, bro? Oh, dang. I didn't, uh, didn't expect you to just jump in here without the music. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How you doing? Pretty good, dude. Pretty good. We got an exciting week, man. We got, we got OTAs rolling in. Got some, got some business going down for the Raiders, man. Mm-hmm. What's up, dude? Dude, man, uh, business is booming. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, the OTAs have been really exciting this week. You know, you see, you know, you see Derek Carr and, and AB and Tyrell and, and Renfro and, you know, they're really connected on it. You can see that uh, there's been a lot of improvements in the passing game, um, a lot of improvements that Derek Carr has made on his, on his own. Um, you know, you see he's, he's leading his receivers. And, you know, I don't know if it's the fact that it's, you know, continuity with, you know, having you know, having guys that are working out with him every day or the fact that he's just been, yeah. you know, working that much harder. But you really see the the work that he's put in. It's, it's nice to see. Yeah, it's cool to see all the OTA videos coming through too, you know, connecting with guys like Renfro over and over again. You see Tyrell Williams connecting on a few deep ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I heard I overheard a conversation uh he was talking with Tyrell. He said he thought he overthrew him, and then I guess he hit a second gear, man, and ran into that sucker and caught it for like a – because he was like said like he was like 60 yards deep, caught it for a touchdown, and said Pauly G is yeah. just like sweating bullets. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm here for this, man. I love it. Dude, he's got he's got – a lot more speed on the offensive on the offensive side that, than he's used to. Um, you know, obviously, Armari had a, a tremendous amount of speed, but uh, the, the previous receivers, Crouchy wasn't the fastest guy. No, uh, he was he was more of a possession guy. You know, Butler was fast, but he couldn't get separation. Yeah, Denarius had speed sporadically. Um, you know, Jordy Jordy was on the last leg of his career, so where he had speed early in his career, he didn't really have it that much. He was just more of a clutch guy. So to see. To see, you know, Tyrell and, and AB and, and you know, the, the, the guys out there work with him and and hit things in stride, it's it's great to see. So are you saying best wide receiver class since uh, Brown and Rice? You know what? On paper right now, yes, it is. I mean, <laughs> obviously, we got, obviously we got to play a game, right? But, you know, I would say right now on paper, it's the best receiver class that we've had since Brown and Rice and Porter for sure. Yeah, let's do it. Kenny, uh, this is some good stuff, man. We're going to start chopping up a little bit more football talk here towards the end of our show. Um, but also, I'm going to kind of include you here. We got some phone calls here that were rolling in. Coming off of last week, um, at the end of the show, you know, we we played the Colecchio Simile interview. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, a little bit different here. Uh, we're going to give our opinions after some of these uh, phone calls come in. Uh, some of these guys had some good stuff to say. So let's uh, let's take, uh, We I think we got three calls this week. So let's hear what these guys have to say. All right, cool. calling in from Columbus. What's up, Ian? Uh, I just wanted to comment a bit on the KO interview. Um, hmm. I'll say I thought, you know, I thought he ran his mouth a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a lot of the reason why he got traded. I think, you know, what he was saying about the Cable coming and asking him, you know, would you be comfortable moving to tackle and all that. I think they were testing him from the get-go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the things with Marshawn Lynch, I think he basically just proved to them that this isn't a guy we want in the locker room. Mm. which I don't know if I necessarily agree with because I still think KO is a beast. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but, like, he ran his mouth too much. Jesus Christ. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Is it a dog? About that. Oh, I thought Gruden uh, traded him, man. And uh, he ran his mouth too much. So, like, I get why they wanted to cut him. So, or trade him, I guess. But the one thing that got to me that concerns me, because a lot of the puck, a lot of the interview for me was just, like, him being salty and bitter about being traded. And he plays, yeah. he wants to play with the chip on his shoulder. And I get that. Like, you know, uh, 
Well, like, uh, the one thing that concerns me is the fact that uh, he was talking about the strength and conditioning coach. I just want to know what the hell was going on mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in that in that strength and conditioning room where, like, we had so many injuries, and then Gruden fires the guy without comment. Like, I, I that's the only thing that has me really concerned about the whole interview. I wonder I what you guys thought about that. Uh, go Raiders, as always. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the interesting topic this time. <laughs> it's uh, cool to comment about it. Look forward to hearing your opinion. Good stuff, good stuff. We're going to kind of carry over our opinion a little bit further. We've got a couple more phone calls on this topic. Uh, but, yeah, I, I the one takeaway I got from that, Kenny, was, yeah, I was definitely concerned with the uh, what was going on in the strength and conditioning room. Obviously, maybe we had a little bit too much faith in a guy that wasn't quite qualified, if that's, you know, really the truth. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was something that we talked about a lot on the show. And, you know, you got 16 guys on the injury reserve. And you, you start to raise your eyebrows a little bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's. Uh, I think we got we got a four three five number. This looks like our good buddy Raider Roo. Let's see what he has to say. Raider Roo. Hey Cody, it's Raider Roo. What up? So you were asking for opinions on the whole uh, KO interview that happened recently, and I personally don't care that he was saying anything. And some of the stuff was, if true, is kind of concerning for the team. Hope they clean it up. But I don't have any disrespect towards KO. I just think he's not a Raider anymore, so it's like he's <laughs> on, whatever. Yeah. But I also feel like you can tell he's a little bit salty and hurt <clears throat> about being traded, but he's human, so that's understandable. Yeah. A couple things that I thought about was one of them when he was talking about how Gruden told him one thing and didn't know and kind of felt like he was lied to when he was saying, you know, we have plans for you to be here for five years, and then, you know, you traded away. Well, it's a couple things to take into consideration for that. Gruden may have said that when he first met with him, and maybe he just said it to say it, but maybe he actually meant it. And then he saw him play in his one year under him that he didn't fit in the scheme that they're running. Mm-hmm. Now, regardless, I think the scheme they're running shouldn't be ran because I don't like Cable at all, <laughs> but that's the guy they're going with. So he saw him as not a fit, and then he got hurt. And then there's some rumblings that some of the staff felt like he should have been able to play sooner than he did. So mm-hmm. they felt like he was nursing injuries a little longer than he needed to and not playing as well as they believe he could, then it could have changed the opinions and make it not a lie, just things changed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, he said something about, they asked him if one of the rookies called him and asked him about John Gruden. He's like, well, <laughs> you know, I thought I, I knew him, but no, I guess I really don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I guess it's hard to know the head coach when you spend more time in the uh, training room than on the practice field. So. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought those are the ones that like, kind of got me is where you can tell he's a little bit upset and salty about it and stuff like that. But it's whatever. That's real talk. He got a chance to speak his mind. He's allowed to. I got no issues with that. I just think there's some of it. We hear his side and we don't get to hear Gruden's side and we probably never really will on that. So I just take it all with a little bit of grain of salt. All right. Thanks, Cody. Catch you later. Son of a gun. We dropped Rue in the wrong segment, man. <laughs> Dude, Rue, Rue is always on point, though. I, I, I love Raider yeah. Rue because he is – He's not afraid to hold back, and he is always on point with his takes. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever disagreed with the guy. Yeah, it's good. So he takes everything into it once. You know what I mean? He's always he's right. always filled in. He's always in the loop. He lists. He has his Raiders podcast. He keeps up with things on Twitter. And man, this guy is history. He know he knows his Raiders history. Raider Rue, good stuff. I always appreciate your call-ins. Um, and I like your little punchline there. That was some good stuff. I like the. Uh, you know, maybe he had known the coaching staff or he would have actually known who John Gruden was if he was on the practice field and not in the training facility. Good stuff. And let's take this last quick phone call. I do not recognize this number. 
Uh, so whoever you are, I'm ready for it. Hey, what's up, man? Cody, big fan of your podcast. What's I up? I ask you a question. What do you think of, uh, <clears throat> of Tyrell Williams okay. having more yards than AB this year? Oh. And yeah. I got to go with the assembly interview. I don't know, man. He kind of made a good point about the trainers and all that. Maybe that's why they struggled all last year. Basically, everybody on that team got hurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the Mac trade basically brought that whole team down. But what he said was uh, he kept it 100. That's what I like about him. So give me a shout-out. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I'd, I, you know, I'd give you a shout-out. You said your name, man. I don't know who I don't know who you are, man. I, uh, I missed that part. So whoever you are that called in, uh, call back in next week. Introduce yourself. Give me a name. Give me a, a Twitter handle or something. I'll definitely give you a shout out, man. Uh, Kenny, Tyrell Williams. He had a little bit of a hot take there. Tyrell Williams, more yards than AB. Oh, I don't think Tyrell Williams is going to have more yards than AB, but I do think that he may have a larger yard per catch average. Ah, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> That's yeah, dude, spot on. Honestly, spot on. Uh, now, Cleccio Simile. What do you think about this interview, man? So, you know, I don't personally see anything wrong with the interview. I think that, you know, KO, he didn't say anything that we didn't already know. Um, I think the only thing that he said that, you know, maybe shed a little light on something was about the the Washington game. We all had our speculations. We all had our ideas. Um, You know, I think that the good thing was that he cleared it. He cleared it up for Derek, Um, you know. I think the brightest spot was that he said Derek Carr is cool. He said Derek Carr is a good guy. Yeah. That if you don't like Derek Carr, you have a problem. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he kind of also said what we were thinking, you know, that it was a couple players on the team and they're probably not there anymore. And it was, you know, some coaches. And I guarantee you they're not there anymore. And, you know, it's probably Jack Del Rio sitting on the beach uh, fishing, you know. So <laughs> um, I think that, I, you know, I'm not – upset about what he said but i think there's some things that kind of should have gone unsaid and i think that what what he said that should have gone unsaid were things that ultimately led to his trade and 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 rue hit it on the head with um you know talking about you know not knowing gruden and rookies reaching out to him and and how you know how he views gruden and things like that i think that those things are are really what are the factors into it because one he wasn't on the field for most of the season uh, two, when he moved to tackle, he was atrocious. Um, three, <laughs> when you know you're talking about Marshawn Lynch, you don't need to talk about him being too real. That's that's not something for the public to know. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think, uh, dude? I mean, it was a great interview. Don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. Ko, I mean, seems like that dude. Lefko's always good. Lefko's always good. You know, I, he keeps it real for the most part. You know what I mean? It's right. like, He's just kind of straight up with the guys, and I thought it was good, man. It's just kind of one of those guys that I, I want to see, you know, later down the road. We talked about this. You know, we want to see him in like 20 years right. and ask him about all those stories. You know, then he'd have absolutely no filter, right? I mean, this is a guy that's still, you know, under an NFL contract, you know, spilling all this tea. But right. uh, coming from that standpoint, you know, I'm not saying he was wrong, but like, dang, I just feel like there's so many things that were just so out of line just spilling all that tea. And now, like, you know, you know, he knows how he has all kinds of buddies still on the roster. He mm-hmm. still has Rodney. He still has Gabe. Um, you know, he's worked with, you know, the rookies a lot, the rookie tackles that we had from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that he's told them all this. And I just can't help but think, man, I hope he's just not, like, poisoning their minds with these things that, you know, he's kind of had speculated all year long, maybe had in this thing against Gruden. I don't know if it just kind of was out of the blue and now he just feels some sort of way and now he's salty or it's just kind of like a, a, a bad relationship. Maybe that's why he didn't want to come out 
and, you know, work his tail off for Gruden if he was injured. He doesn't want to play right. through injuries if he's, you know, looking to be on his way out. And that's kind of, you know, me personally, as soon as the season ended, if I'm looking at one guy for some reason that we were going to do a cash dump, that was the first guy I called because I felt like, man, this guy might just feel like he has his foot out the door already. He's yep. not going to go out and hurt himself more. So. Well, and how many times? How many times did you say that throughout the offseason on the podcast? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you could literally say, "Hey, I know this is a hot take. I know, don't kill me for this, but I think Ko <laughs> might be the guy that we get rid of." So, you know, Cody Thomas over here is dropping, <laughs> dropping bombs. I get lucky. I get lucky sometimes, man. <laughs> but you know, honestly, like the other thing too. The other thing I was thinking is, you know, you look at the other guys, right? Uh, Rodney is Rodney's close with uh, with Lee Smith, and so. Uh, you know, Rodney's Rodney's Lee Smith's God Godfather or Lee Smith's kid's godfather. Uh, I was just I was just looking at Alicia Smith's uh Instagram post and Rodney and, and Lee were hanging out the other day. So cool. um, you know, I, I think that as leaders of the team, I think that they held themselves to a different standard. Um, you see that Gabe, Gabe played through a, you know, a torn pec muscle for the whole season. Yeah. Uh, Rodney, Rodney was on half, half a body. Um, so I think that these guys are different. Love they're it. a little, they're built, they're built a little bit differently than KO and, and not, not to take away from the guy. Cause the guy was a tremendous guy. He was a tremendous player. He was a tremendous Raider. Um, he was an absolute monster in, in 2016. He was pretty good in 2017. And unfortunately we had some set backs in 18 but you know things happen things are what they are and you know I think that obviously Gruden's mentality meshes well with other people and one of the things that I took away from the interview is that the Kelechi Assembly's attitude seems to be more a little more passive aggressive um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he may be aggressive on the field but he seems and not to to say this in a bad term but he seems a little more sensitive than others um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so you know Gruden's approach may not have his sat well with him because he he may have taken it in a different way so you know if Gruden's sitting there and, and calling somebody a candy ass then you know Rodney might take it just fine but and Penn might just take it just fine and say screw you but I think KO may have taken it differently and that's you know obviously I'm not on the field but that's just my two cents yeah I got you we're on the same page at the end of the day uh I'm gonna go ahead and just kind of quote Raider Rue he just sounded a little bit salty but in a way I give him a little bit of freedom on that because I don't really blame him for it. Is what it is. He's not yeah. a Raider no more. Have fun in New York, man. Good luck. Yeah, at least he's not out there trying to make trying to make more babies with his beautiful wife that he <laughs> cheated on and had his pictures released. Oh wait, I'll do that on. Oh, I'll save oh, that for real talk. Oh, you know what? Since we're already rolling into it, Kenny, you know what? It's time to make this transition. Let's get into it. Okay, now I can get real with y'all. You don't gotta ask okay. me how I'm doing either. You already know how I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know how. Hey, I don't gotta ask you how I'm doing. I'm gonna ask you how you doing. I don't have to. I'm not saying what's up, guys. So this first and foremost, let me address this real quick. Um, my boy Chris isn't on anymore. So Chris, I'm gonna pour out a little Michelada for you. I, I I appreciate everything you've done, bro. I miss you. I love you. I uh, wish you the most success in life. All right, real talk must roll on. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, let's go for it, Kenny. What's first on the agenda, man? Who's first on the hit list? First on the hit list is Dan Graciass Graciano. Oh, son of a gun. Was that the guy that kind of tried to sneak diss uh, Derek Carr 
in like a quarterback breakdown article. What was going on with that, dude? Yeah, he basically did a, a quarterback breakdown article talking about, you know, the Raiders could move on from Derek Carr next year because they don't owe him any more money because he got his he got his large contract this year. Um, and so then Raiders beat goes in and calls him out on it. Yeah. And instead of being a man and manning up and conversating about what you actually did, <laughs> He went and blocked Raiders beat. And then not only that, went on to trash them after blocking them. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I even kind of jumped in there, had my own two cents. And then guess what? I go back to, to reference this article. I'm like, okay, you know what? I know this is making the list. This is easily top of the oh, list cool. material. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to look at this article. Ten minutes later, after I quote tweeted this guy, Boom, I'm freaking blocked. I'm like, what is up with this guy? Yep, How are you going to drop a hot take and not take it? Well, then my man Darren Carr goes in there. <laughs> he gets into Dan, Dan Graziano because I know I know if he's on my list, he's going to be on Darren's list. Absolutely. What do you know? He blocked Darren. But, dude, he didn't block me. What do I got to do to get blocked? Do I got to talk about his mama? I mean, come on, dude. Like, I'm, <laughs> at this point, I don't even want to see his stuff. I'm not going to mute him because that's not me. I want him to block me. Oh, son of a gun. Can I can we tag him in the in the podcast? I guarantee you'd block you after this segment for sure, man. <laughs> I mean, I'll tag him in the podcast, but I, I call them all different kinds of names. I call them soft and charmin and and oh. sugar roll and marshmallow, and he still didn't block me, so I don't know. What in the world? I kept it simple. I just called it like disgusting or something and I was blocked. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> oh man. But I gotta tell you something. This old Danny boy, uh, dude, June, here's here's something. On June 22nd, 2017, just after Derek got his extension, our buddy Danny Boy called him the face of the Raiders franchise. And he showed no concerns with it, man. Funny how it can completely flip his attitude in less than two years, right? Danny, man. Oh, son of a gun. I know you blocked me, bro, but I just so... I'm going to I'm gonna find you after DC goes off this year. Me and Kenny King, we're going to be on a mission. We're going to still find you on Twitter. We're going to freaking roast your ass. Well, he, he he's already backpedaled. He's already said that, you know, I never said that... I never said that Derek Carr should be traded. I think that he should be a Raider, and I think that he should be on the team, and I think that he's good. So he's been backpedaling a lot, but guess what? I'm sorry. The damage is done. You know, the the table has been set. You've already left. You've already stood your wife up at dinner. You're sitting there. You're sitting there with three drinks deep, sitting next to some some bimbo named Susie, and you've already lost it. So you know what? I don't even want to hear it, Dan Graziano. <laughs> you're on the list, Danny. You're not getting off. Who's next? On Kenny? the list with a sharpie. On uh, a who, sharpie. <laughs> who's next on my list, man? I'm gonna go into Victor. So you think you can dance, Cruz? Oh, son of a gun, Victor Cruz. Let's see here. Wait, is that the same Victor Cruz that you know I thought was going to carry my fantasy football team in 2012 and 2013, and he single-handedly drove him into the ground? He single-handedly took him to the consolation bracket. That Victor Cruz. That Victor Cruz. That Victor Cruz who was salsa dancing all over all of his records until 2015 when he got hurt obviously but then 2016 and 2017 the last two years that he was in the league he put up a grand total of 1023 yards that's one fourth of the yards that Carr put up last season but he's gonna sit there and say that Carr's not very good i'm sorry wait no didn't he say that he was kind of a kind of trash oh son of a gun you know what i don't don't know about victor cruz bro if i had to guess uh victor cruz was amanda cooper before there was an amanda cooper right i mean dutans were (laughs) dutans were suspect at best he had he had great footwork the dude the dude's footwork was fantastic but let's put it this way you lost your job to a rookie who got in a fight with a kicking net 
<laughs> Salsa dance to that. Son of a gun, man. Victor Cruz easily on the list. I understand. That was that was a that was a great uh second item, man. Who I know we got a long list, bro. You missed you missed last week. And we had a lot of stuff go down this week, man. Who's next? Well, so you know that the contract talks in, in oh. Dallas are going on and uh, you know, they've got <laughs> they've got Dak Prescott who's who's looking at an extension. Uh you got Zeke who wants an extension. Uh, and you have Amanda Cooper, who is also looking for an extension. Um, let's go down the list here. So, uh, so Zeke, Zeke was at EDC this past weekend, uh, oh, yeah. getting his freak on, and decided to shoulder a security guard. That security guard flopped harder than James Harden in Game Six, and proceeded to press charges. Zeke was taken away in handcuffs. No charges were filed. So. Zeke's contract talks have been oh, put on the back of a good. Son of a, now, I got to backtrack you a little bit here. When you say Flops Harder and James Harden in Game 6, is that because they don't ever get a Game 7 with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. Not a lot of teams do get a Game 7 unless you get Draymond suspended and then... Then obviously, then then that's the only time LeBron gets a <laughs> ring. Going down but, the list, man. You got Zeke. You got Zeke. Going, so then, so then you got Zach. Then you got Dak. Sorry, Dak. I stole my job at Oikos from Cam Newton because he made a joke about a woman not knowing how to run routes. Prescott, <laughs> and they basically their contract discussions have been put on hold. Uh, Jera and and his team. Uh, his team consisting of his son and yeah. really just Jerry telling his son what's going to say, what he's going to say, <laughs> dictated, not read. Um, basically telling Dak what he's going to get. Dak's agent then coming back and saying, this is what we want. And Jerry saying, you play for me. You're going to go out there and do what I say you're going to do. And that's I what's like going to happen. It felt, it felt authentic. So <laughs> I do a really good, good Jerry. That's good stuff. So then, okay, so you talk about Zeke. Uh getting his extension uh knocking security guards flopping over at edc so you talk about dak the guy that gets uh completely demolished by david carr and a simple freaking what it was like five yard targets 10 yard target even hit a target 10 yards away sitting in front of his face that dak prescott so he's on the contract extension list who else do they have what other superstar do they have lined up for a contract extension oh hold on one one second uh just just a quick reminder that that David Carr has more <laughs> Super Bowl rings than the whole Cowboys <laughs> franchise in the past 20 years. <laughs> just, just thought I'd add that there. Shout, yeah. shout out, Carr family. I love it. I'm here for this. <laughs> oh man. So then, what do you? Who else we got? Who else does Dallas have to sign? I, that's the only two superstars they have, right? Oh man. Well. Oh wait. To us, I mean, well, to to the to the media, there's another superstar. This guy named Amari Cooper. I don't know if you heard of him. Uh, he led the league in drops for two years, and uh, yeah, he had two great years with the Raiders. He he was obviously he was a three time Pro Bowler. He was a two time Pro Bowler with the Raiders. Uh, three out of his four years, he he did make the Pro Bowl. Um, the last year in the Pro Bowl, he actually had a great pass that bounced <laughs> off his face. Don't spit out your bitch a lot on this one because I'm not done. Amari Cooper is now in contract talks. And he, I don't know if you guys remember, but he is represented by the one, the mm. only Joel Siegel. The same man who represents great talent such as Bruce Irvin. Uh, and then also really, really good, at excellent players such as Khalil Mack and, you know, my guy Carl Joseph. Um, but obviously... He represents Amari, and you know we we've seen this story before. We saw that we saw Khalil hold out all offseason because he didn't get the deal that he wanted going into his fifth year option, uh, and 
I have a feeling the same thing's going to happen. And, you know, Jane Slater reported, oh, talks are good on, on both sides. And Amari's, you know, Amari's having these conversations. Well, guess what? Amari wants to be the highest paid receiver in the league. Amari's not even a top uh-huh. 15 receiver in this league. I can sit here. I can name five receivers that are better than Amari without even <laughs> thinking about anything. Uh, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyrell Williams, uh, T.Y. Hilton, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Michael Thomas. I can keep going down the list, but at the same time, shit, even Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> is better than him. <laughs> at the same time, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper wouldn't even be a starting get- wide receiver on the Vikings roster. So don't even give me a top five wide receiver. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, Dick, no, Diggs and Thielen would would <laughs> crap all over him. He couldn't even start out on the on the Rams with with Woods and with Woods and uh, and Cook. Oh, I mean, Jerry, on, man, what's man? going on over there in Jerry's world, man? It's a wreck. Well, so here's the thing with Jerry is Jerry's got to save face. Jerry traded a first round mm-hmm. pick for Amari Cooper. The Raiders then went and, tur- and traded a third and fifth round pick for Antonio Brown, arguably one of the best receivers in the league. I'd say top three. You've got Amari Cooper who's sitting here who's, yeah, he he had some good games. He also had a lot of bad games. And then he had a game where he tried to fight Marcus (laughs) Peters with his helmet on. So I don't see how these contracts, these contract talks are going to hold. Because one, Jerry doesn't like holdouts. Two, Amari doesn't like mediocre money, apparently. Uh, And three, Amari's just not that good to get a $20 million contract. It's an easy way to put it, man. I mean, straight up production-wise, I feel like he's kind of getting that Jimmy Garoppolo contract. He had a good second half of last year right before the contract came up. Boom, they're going to just pay him all this money, and then they're going to be stuck with this wide receiver. That's just whatever. So, oh, oh, man. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't get me started. We'll, we'll get started. We'll save, we'll save him for another episode. But, hey, one last thing on Amari Cooper. I guarantee you he's got to be feeling a little bit better now that his, his daddy, Pac-Man Jones, uh, retired a couple days ago, right? Oh, I don't know if you saw the post, but as soon as Pac-Man retired, I posted I posted a picture of Mario and was like, oh, Lord. yeah, I did. I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> I mean, dude, oh, man. I've never seen I haven't seen somebody get sunned as hard as, as Pac-Man did to Amari since I did oh, Stephen A. Smith boom. last week. Boom, shakalaka. I tell you, man. Oh, dude, he ripped his helmet off and he smashed his head into his own helmet. And then you know what, Amari, dude, he just got up and walked to the sideline. He did nothing. He did nothing. He picked up his helmet. He let his arms shake side to side like he was red on on Friday and just cried in the car. Hey, and the thing thing that really, like, now looking back on it, nobody came to his defense. Like, look, when, when when Crabtree and Tlaib got into it, Everybody was coming. Line, yeah. Everybody was there. Gabe Jackson was there getting into it. Uh, Donald Penn was over there getting into it. Marshawn was over there in the mix. When Amari got smacked, mm. nobody was there. So it kind of speaks to the character yeah, of which Amanda sense. was. Makes sense. Hey, man, you know what? He can... <sighs> We've talked about this before, man. Dallas, enjoy our old toy. Thanks for the first round draft pick. We're moving on. We're, we're, we're playoff bound now, man. Thanks for that first round pick. For that first round pick, Jerry. Uh, but I know you got a couple more guys on your list here, Kenny. Who else you got? Oh, got one more guy on my list, and, and this one, it's, you know, I, I, it's not as funny. It's not as funny as I'd like it to be. Uh, it's a little more serious. But, but my question to the NFL is, you know, we're we're we're, we're sitting here now. Uh, it's May twenty May twenty sixth or May twenty fifth, Saturday, May twenty fifth. Um, 
you know, you've got guys that have gotten suspended for PED violations, uh, Patrick Peterson. Um, you've got guys that, you know, that have gotten kicked out of the league, Dave, David Irving. Um, but then we have Tyreek Hill, who's who's still sitting there and he's he's with the team. Uh, he's still an active member of the team. Uh, he's being actively investigated by Kansas City Police Department. Uh, and the only comment that's been made by the, the commissioner of the NFL is that we're not going to interfere with, with the investigation. Um, you know, if he had failed a drug test, if he had, um, if he had cheated in a game, uh, if he had struck a, a he'd teammate, he, he'd be suspended. Uh, but, you know, let him break his son's arm. Uh, his three-year-old son's arm. Let him break his three-year-old son's arm. Let him threaten his fiance. Uh, let the the audio be heard. Mm-hmm. Let the his fiance saying you broke his arm on the audio. Let this break. And there's still been no discipline that's been handed down. And, and the fact that that that's happened, and the fact that this is still prevalent in in the league today, uh, while you're suspending players for six weeks for, or for for six for six games for you know substance abuse or peds it's mind-blowing i mean i get it the nfl needs to 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 crack down on this thing but what's up with the kansas city chiefs still having this guy on their roster do they think oh well hopefully he gets away with something and he can still play for us do they just not care they didn't care the first time they don't care the second time too how many times does it take for him to realize hey you drafted a freaking idiot well, remember with Kareem Hunt, they didn't they didn't Goodness. do anything until the video yeah, came out. Right. They knew. They knew about it. They knew about it, but they didn't do anything until the video came yeah. out. With Larry Johnson, they didn't do anything until the, until it was made Crazy. national media news. I mean, Larry Larry Johnson was choking Crazy. multiple women. But but then Larry Johnson wants to go and talk trash about the Raiders. Like the Raiders yeah. are a trash organization. Okay, yeah, we've we you know what we've got people we've got people in our fan base that they like to fight, they get crazy. We've got we've we we've got fans of all different uh-huh. creeds, colors, races, shapes, sizes, everything. We've got gangbangers, we've got blue collar, we've got white collar, but guess what? At the end of the day, we come together as a nation. We come together as a Raider Nation, and that's what I love about the Raiders. This guy is talking about us like we're degenerates and pieces of trash. While you're defending a man who broke his son's arm, get get out of here! I seriously, Cody, you may have to put some bleeps on my face because I'm I'm getting heated, Dude, bro. Like, I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame you whatsoever. This topic is crazy. It's the second time we've talked about it, and dude, it's been it's been months, right? It's yeah. been a couple months, probably almost now since you know this whole thing cracked off and i just cannot believe that we are still in the same position more information has been leaked and we're still sitting here watching kansas city try to get away with another woman and child beater and that's why on my team fan base rankings i mean even dude it's not even just the organization it's not even just the nfl even kansas city fans or or bloggers and writers or people that are 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 kansas city fans and and they work for bigger corporations and bigger sites in sports they're coming out and saying, well, we don't really know. Really? We don't really freaking know. Like, okay, yeah. you think th- that they faked the freaking broken arm? You think that that uh, just so happened recorded phone call was fake? That was the realest thing I've ever heard. Like, right. if I ever, if my wife ever came to me and said, your son is really scared of you. Like, he he is scared of you. You know what I mean? It's one yes. thing to say, like, oh, you scared him. No, he is scared to death of you. Right. If, if my wife ever said that to me, I would never say, 
you should be scared of me too, B-word. You know what I mean? Come on, man. Hell no. Hell no. I, I tell you what, you know, and, and Cody, you've got two kids. I've got two kids. Uh, obviously, you, oh, get, yeah. you get angry oh, yeah. at your kids, right? And uh, you discipline your kids. But to the, the force that it takes to break somebody's arm, and we've talked about this before, the force that it takes to break somebody's arm is yeah, you got to be trying. You got to be. I'm a strong dude. And I'm heavy handed. And and I'll pick my kid. I'll pick my son up and throw him and we'll, we'll play around and, you know, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he's fine. And we, you know, we play, yeah. we play rough, like we're boys. But the fact that he, the force that you take to break somebody's arm, it, it takes so much force that you have to What's be so angry and you have to and you have to be so forceful and you have to do it on purpose there's crazy. no excuse crazy. for it man i hate i hate talking about this subject man i do too it, it's a it's it's a bad one nfl kansas city chiefs you guys got to do something about this joker i i, I ain't gonna wait i don't want to waste no more time if we if we got to revisit this again before the season starts nope. i'm gonna be furious i'm gonna be absolutely furious if we got i'm gonna tell you right now if we got to revisit it again before the season starts when tyree kill comes to oakland week two yeah. It's gonna be nasty, baby. It's yeah. gonna We're be climbing nasty. Out the black hole, baby. <laughs> coming Whoa. for you, Kenny. This was a good show, man. I I enjoyed you coming on here a little bit earlier with me and breaking some stuff down, man. How'd you like it? It was cool, man. I, I had a good time. You know, we uh we got to chop it up a little bit, talk a little football, talk some actual some actual <laughs> stats and in, in football instead of just the uh, the usual trash talk. So I got to show a little bit of my uh, <laughs> my knowledge here. So I enjoy I enjoyed no, it. That's good stuff, Kenny. Hey, I wanted to let you know, man. I'm proud of you. You've been doing really good over there at Just Blog Baby. For those of you that listen to our show, make sure you check out his stuff, man. He's been dropping a lot of articles. Whenever he came on as a writer, I had no idea that this guy would be dropping some fire man and he has stuff just locked and loaded ready to go any move that happens kenny's on top of it so make sure you check out his work over there just blog baby he works for a really good guy uh brad weiss and i'm loving it man kenny good job bro thanks man you know i you know i'm not just a pretty face i i actually do have a <laughs> I do have a brain under all this muscle uh i actually you know believe it or not i was an academic yeah. all-american so you know i I do have a little I do have a little bit of a brain. So that's why I love to get into these Twitter battles with people because it's it's always a battle of wits and I'll always win. So <laughs> good stuff. So we got a low key <laughs> superstar over here at the Raider Cody podcast. Good stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed this last little wrap up with us. Kenny man, I'm gonna let you go. But I wanna ask you one thing here, man. We got a long list. We got a long list tonight. Long list. This ain't just one hater or two haters or three haters. We got a we got a lot of haters. We got a, we got a we got a child beater, a woman beater. We got a lot of, we got a lot of faces. We got a we got an overrated wide receiver in this list. I want mm. you to take this group as a whole, Kenny. I want you to give these folks a message for them. Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Victor Cruz, and Graziano. I'm gonna take all you guys. I'm gonna group you up because to me you're all trash. Your talk is trash. Your play is trash. You are trash as a human individual and as even as a person. You do not want to come at the king. You do not want to see the king. And I'll tell you one thing. One thing about the king is we got rings. Two of them to be exact. Super Bowl 15 and 18. So you can take what you think. You can take what you say. You can shine it up. Stick it sideways and put it up. Yo, Rudy Boot, candy ass. Do you smell what the king is cooking, baby? 
So Kenny Keen came in here and wrapped up the perfect show in the perfect way. That was good stuff, Kenny. Um, I, I'm looking forward to him contributing a little bit more to this show. I know you as listeners love uh, the King in real talk, but you're going to learn a little bit more about him just like uh, we were talking about a little bit. He's more than just a, a pretty face and a, and a loud mouth. Uh, he's got some knowledge back there, so I'm, I'm looking forward to picking into it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the changes. We're going to make a little bit more uh, adjustments in the, in the two-week break that we have. Uh, there's going to be a lot coming your way. And if you're listening for the first time, if you came uh, for the Mad Max interviews and, and you stayed for Real Talk, make sure you stick around. Visit our website, RaiderCody.com. Make sure you subscribe to our show um, on all your favorite platforms. And for all my Apple listeners, make sure if you guys have not rated and reviewed our show, make sure you do that now. Uh, it means a lot to us. Uh, ratings and reviews are our big thing. We take pride in stuff like that. That's uh, kind of a you know, golden star on our work. Uh, so make sure you guys make that happen. And for those that want to get involved in the hotline, if you want to call in a question for us next week, call it in 808-650-7220. Uh, and just remember, if you ever forget the phone number, go straight to our website. There's a call podcast button right on the thing. So um, get it done. Raider Nation, let's get involved. Let's get this thing going. And uh, I look forward to making some more changes and keeping you guys entertained. So not until next week, Raider Nation, but until the week after. See you guys later. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. 
Visit Granger.com slash Keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.